Jesus' name, amen. You guys want to give our, our team a hand? Kids can be dismissed to Jesus, kids. Sorry. Rebecca. You had a microphone, though. You should have said it. Um, welcome to Jesus Church. Can you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Um, Anybody have any cool testimonies from last week that they would like to share? Do you have one, Judy? Do you have one? Yeah. Sorry for my eye roll. Oh, that's okay. Um, I just got to be Jesus a lot this week. Um, and the Lord is just showing me, like, even through your emotion, like, sometimes you just have to maintain and be Jesus. Mm. Um, I'm sure you guys all heard about the Langsburg crash. Mm. Well, it happened right in front of our home. Mm. I was the 911 caller. And, um, yeah, I just got to be the Lord. <laughs> um I held a girl in my arms and prayed over her, and praise God, my neighbor is also a believer. So, um, yeah, it's just been really emotional. Our house has been kind of like Grand Central Station of people stopping, crying alongside the ditch, and I am like, um, I don't watch Hallmark movies for one reason only, because I'm a very emotional person, <laughs> and um, but I've just got to... Um, witness to a lot of people and um, like share faith with them mm -hmm. and um, got to be the Lord. So That's awesome. That's super good. I'm sure Jesus was thankful that you lived there. <laughs> hmm. Anyone else? You need, yeah. No, you need a microphone. Uh, you had asked about something we could check from when we came in to after or during worship. Hmm. And uh, I'd been having some issues with my left shoulder, not really dislocated, but like almost like out of place. Like hmm. it was, I couldn't, <laughs> I could do about that. Hmm. That's cool. No. So, so there's a little discomfort, but other than that, it's, like I said, it's about 90%. I had a brother, you know, grief for the other 10%. So just believing that the rest is going to. That's cool. So. And that just happened during worship while we yeah. were, that's a praise God. Yeah, I was like going, hmm. didn't feel anything. Yeah. <laughs> so very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's one of our hearts is a desire is just like, just believing that Jesus wants to touch people during worship, touch people before we even kind of step out. Just when people come in the door, we just believe that he wants to meet people here. Um, you know, I mean, we know the scriptures where two or more are gathered. He's in the midst of us. And it's like, if he's in the midst, Jesus doesn't leave things un unaddressed and un un unattended, right? He doesn't sit at a dinner table when somebody's sick and, and, not pray for, and not pray for him to be healed when he is healing, right? That's just foolishness. So it's like when we come together as a body, like, I just, like, I personally just, in my heart, believe that people can just get touched, and and Jesus just starts moving, and, and I just kind of open it up every once in a while, so it's like, <clears throat> I remember when we first started 
Jesus Church, we were in the other side over there, and I was saying that. I was like, while I preach, just believe, I believe that people are just going to get touched, and, and God's just going to really impact people while, so like, let me know if you feel like God's touching you, and it's like, right when I said that, this lady was saying later, she's like, I literally felt like somebody put like hot oil on my forehead, and she was praying and believing that God had like anointed her to, to, to pray for the sick and believe for healing for people, and it was just like, literally, she's like, it felt like burning oil on my forehead, like right when you said that, and I was like, that's pretty cool. I don't know. I mean, that's good stuff. Whatever he wants to do, I'm down with it. So um, we'll take one more. Anyone else have a testimony? Lily? That's like, that right there is probably like the most awkward part of anyone's life is like when the microphone's coming, they know they're supposed to talk. That's why most people just start talking, even though they know they're not supposed to. Yeah, that's true. Um, So this week, I like... When I sleep, I like grind my teeth at night and have a mouth guard and I don't wear it because it just ends up on halfway across the room anyways. <laughs> and so sometimes it'll like, like my teeth will be sensitive, but I don't really get like jaw pain. But I don't know what happened this week. My jaw, it like hurt so bad and it made my ear hurt. And like, I couldn't, like it hurt really bad to eat food. And when I would close my mouth, like one side, I could like feel my like teeth touching each other but then the other side there was like a gap like it felt like my jaw was like out of place and it was just really painful and I felt like the Lord was like asking me or just like I just felt like a nudge from him to just like pray and like believe for healing for my just in my by myself you know Hmm. and nothing was really like changing but I just like kept whenever it would come up just like just like no like I believe that you're like healing me and like today it isn't like everything is like fully connecting on both sides. Like it doesn't feel like it's like out of place anymore. My ear doesn't hurt. It was like really, really painful. Mm. Um, And it like doesn't really hurt. It's like a little tender if I like move it in a weird way. But when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh. It like isn't, it is nowhere near where it was yesterday. So So, yeah. That's awesome. Praise God. That's super good. Um, That's so good. It's just so crazy that, like, it's so crazy that all that stuff happens just by proximity. I always love, like, and this is one of the, like, Manitea's prayer for Jesus Church is, like, when you, if we believe that people can be touched with just proximity, is, like, you start to just bring people around people, and you just trust that Jesus is going to show up, like, um, it was funny because like when we, we were, had like a friend group when we were in Bible college and it was like we had friends that would come out and visit and it was just like they'd come back from, you know, from, from here. They'd, they'd come and visit and I would just laugh at them. And I'm like, this is going to be funny because you're just in proximity to a bunch of people that know Jesus. And if Jesus is in the room, he's going to start touching people, you know. And that's what like I love about community and family is when you come together, just believing that whatever people come in with, like, whatever the need is, whether you, you need or you don't need, it's like it's going to get filled because we're in proximity with, with the king, you know? And uh, I think it's just something that a lot of people, when we, when we truly understand that, it's like we come together to stir each other up in love and good works. And we come together to bear each other's burdens and rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. It's like we... I think that there's a unity in the body that we're yet to experience, and I believe that we're stepping into it as a body, as Jesus Church in general, or in specific, I mean, um, that there's a deep connection with family that you don't, that we have yet to experience, and there's, in the sense of like, there's a lot more for us, where there's this unity that people are going to experience just because of like, there's a longing of just coming together, being with one another, just locking arms with one another. It's like, all right, I might not. You know, my shoulder might be hurt today, spiritually and metaphorically, but like other people's shoulders are strong. So let's just come together and let, let's let their strength be, hold up my weakness. And I think that there's a beauty in that, that I think a lot of people um, long for. And I think a lot of times we haven't yet seen it. So um, do you have something you want to share? I can like hear you. I can feel you. Yeah. Stand up. You have to stand up. Oh, no, when the... I wanted to share. You, have to stand right here you said next that to me. only one more person could share. You have to stand right here. <laughs> like this? Yeah. Um, now, what you're explaining is basically exactly what I was experiencing this morning because we had a rough morning in the Hemoffitt household. We have a boss, he's two years old, and he's, uh, 
He is uh, lovely and like a tornado. And if you want to do something, like get the house ready for a leaders meeting after, he's like, uh-uh, <laughs> like not happening. I want all your attention. But yeah, so it was it was pretty rough. And uh, Miss Stella, she's also not sleeping uh, very great. So I hadn't slept much from like 2 a.m. to like 5 a.m. So that's not a lot for me. But all that to say, woke up like shaky because I was like so tired hmm. after two nights of like not sleeping. And then Valley was like struggling. And then I had to do all these things. So I was like rather overwhelmed and I so many times I'm like okay Lord I'm thankful like I'm like pressing into him and then we got here and Stella was struggling and all of this all that to say like in pre-service prayer uh Lisette had a word that was like basically exactly about sleep his presence is like more than sleep and I was like that's kind of what I felt like the Lord was telling me but I was like struggling to like get it and then the Lord shared that with her, and then she shared it with me, and like it blessed me so much. Um, mm. And then we were praying, and I don't know, like sometimes I'm just gonna be honest here. Sometimes I'm like, my pain isn't like bad enough to actually receive prayer. So I'm like, I just had this like little thing from like sleeping like crap, <laughs> but. Uh, I was like, you know what? Like, this is family. Like, I want to receive what the Lord has given me in family here. So, and like, I like just started bawling right when everyone st stood around me. I'm like, I felt so loved. And I was like, I just want to, it's the reward of vulnerability is amazing. Like, we're in family here. And no matter what kind of family we all like grew up in like biologically like mm. this can be something so different than what we have experienced if we put ourselves in that place of vulnerability and of needing the body that's something the lord has spoken to me because it's so easy to be misindependent i don't need anyone i'm strong i can mm -hmm. do this but i want to need so i'm like lord like give me opportunities where i need someone and reach out and be vulnerable don't mm -hmm. try to be super strong and also on the other side which is what i like really appreciated today is like like the lord is in all of us and like we are the body and so when we come together like today i had a need and Praise God, people thought that they were like Jesus and shared Jesus with me. They, like, I'm, I'm so grateful <laughs> for that. And mm -hmm. uh, in worship, I was also thinking, like, in Scripture, nothing that encountered Jesus left unchanged. Like, everything that encountered Jesus left changed. So I'm here in his presence, and I will not leave unchanged. And then he blesses me with the body, and... Like, I'm changed. Like, my morning me versus me now is two different people, you mm. know, because of Jesus. So I just want to say, like, I mm. mean, that's obviously our heart from the beginning. And, like, I was just reflecting about how, the like, right when we moved here, like, we didn't, I mean, we obviously didn't have this community because there was no Jesus Church, but, and there was no nothing like this and mm -hmm. I just remember going to our friends in South Carolina and they had a community we were there for two weeks and I felt that like we were like skipping on the way home we we're like this is amazing and then like Monday I'm like oh we don't have that <laughs> it's like <laughs> and so like that's yeah. been our heart this whole like three years of Jesus Church is mm -hmm. for family and community and like I can't like express my gratitude mm -hmm. uh like that we just feel so like loved and we just community is amazing there's mm -hmm. so much fellowship so if you don't feel what i feel <laughs> i'm not very emotional so it must be true um then i encourage you to put yourself in that place mm -hmm. don't be prideful and think that you don't need anyone don't make assumptions assumption kills connection mm -hmm. that's remember that one next time you make an assumption that this person thinks this or this person thinks that like nip it in the butt it's not true just mm -hmm. put yourself in the place of vulnerability 
and that's when you will experience true connection and family and that's why we're here because mm. that's what jesus created the body for yeah. the church so super good that was a lot more than i thought but praise god and my neck feels better i can turn it mm. <laughs> that's good all right we're just gonna have an altar call and then we're gonna go home um no it's good though like what tay is saying um it's like we've been talking a lot about like the blood of jesus and and him him giving us boldness to enter into his presence and and the holiest place and all these things that we talk about but like you understand jesus is a practical god I and mean, the gospel is super practical and he's an everyday god and this is an everyday gospel and i think sometimes we miss that especially especially in america we miss it is because we live a life that just goes to church on sunday sometimes not us but at large that's what people do and they think jesus paid a price for them to go to church on sunday and you're missing 99.3 percent of christianity be if you just uh, if you just attend church and think that that's that's what he paid for right it doesn't matter how amazing worship is it doesn't matter if you know if it's the most incredible service you've ever been to jesus does not want a a room full of Like, understand, he's not looking for, like, concubines. Like, he's looking for, he's looking for brides. Like, he's not, he's not coming just to, like, it's so easy for us to think that, like, when we get in this situation, like, the king walks in the room and, and you guys know what a concubine is? I don't have to get into it. It's like, we're just looking for, like, a touch from the king. But you understand that, like, you can leave and still be with him. I remember one of the most amazing, probably one of the most amazing, like, words the Lord ever shared with me. He's like, Dylan you're not just a really good tour guide. He's like, you're my wife. And I was like, he's like, you don't just like tell people how amazing I am and, and be able to, to explain and point out all the amazing things that, that that's about me. He's like, but you're actually the person that, like you're hosting the party with me. He's like, and then when everyone's gone, he's like, me and you still go to bed together. And I was like, man, that's a super good word. Because I think that sometimes it, it feels like you're, ama- like you're, you're very good at explaining Jesus but then when there's nobody around, you don't get to enjoy that Jesus that you explain, right? Like, like Judy is saying, it's like she gets to be Jesus to somebody, but when they all leave, she gets, still gets to be with that Jesus that she was giving to somebody. And if we don't understand that, we'll have nothing to give, right? If you don't understand that when you shut the door that you get to be with Jesus by yourself, you'll have nothing to give, you know? And I believe that there's a time coming in the church where if you don't have intimacy with Jesus, you have nothing. That if you don't have a relationship with Jesus when there's nobody around, you'll have a, a super cheap cop-out and it'll, it'll crumble in the midst of adversity. And I just believe that there's a, there's a time coming where we have to settle ourselves in the secret place and we have to settle ourselves with Jesus when there's nobody around because there's like the, the days of just Sunday morning Christianity are over. And, and I believe that there's, I mean, personally, I'll speak for my generation. We're not really down with that. Right? I remember Jared said it one time. <laughs> he was talking to this guy. He's like, I'll just speak for our generation. He's like, we'll just do drugs. He's like, we don't want that. That's not, we're not looking for religion. And I'm like, thanks, Jared, for making everybody gasp in the room. But he's like, no, it's the truth. He's like, because we want the, because our personal generation, whatever generation I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm in two of them. I'm on right on the brink, but we, we want the real thing. We don't want church attendance. And that's what I believe people are longing for and crying out for, is they're crying out for the real thing. And it's available for us. And that's what the gospel, that's what Jesus' blood, like what we've been talking about, that's what he paid for. He paid for us to come boldly into his presence when there's nobody around. He came, it's not just a worship setting, because you'll come in here and feel like, like the atmosphere was super good, but when it's quiet in your bedroom, that's when the blood speaks better things, right? When, 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 when there's a desperate need in your heart for more of Jesus and you feel like you're in an overwhelmed place, when, you, when it's just a quiet moment when you're doing the dishes, that's when the blood of Jesus speaks better things on your behalf, right? Because in a crowd, you might be able to slip in and feel like you're apart, but when you're quiet in your bedroom, it's a lot different. When you're quiet at your dinner table in the morning reading your Bible, it's a lot different. And I believe that that's what Jesus paid for because that's the 90, like I said, 99.3% of Christianity is not these moments. These moments are awesome, but that's not, what, that's not what Jesus paid for, right? He paid for, I mean, like I said, it's 0.7% of it. But there is a aspect of Christianity that like, you guys know what I mean? Like there's a, I feel like 
Like, has anyone, like what Taya said, has anyone ever been in that place where you, like, come to church and you feel like you've been overwhelmed and then you get refreshed? Has anyone ever felt like that? Right? That's, be, that's what it, like, that's why we gather. I'm not against that, and I'm not trying to downplay that. But has anyone ever had that exact happen and then leave and then also felt overwhelmed right when you left? After that amazing encounter, you thought everything was going to be different and nothing was ever going to change? And how could you ever believe that ever again? Has anyone ever had that happen? Am I the only one? Yeah. That's because we, like, I'm not, against, I'm not against the big gatherings and I'm not against the encounters when there's a lot of people, but that's not what changes your life. When you're alone in your bedroom and you hear him speak a word to you in due season to the weary, that's when something changes, right? When, when he comes in and, and, like, sits on your couch when you're in a situation that's, that overwhelms you, that's when things start to change in your life. That's when, that's when you come into this place and you're just like, even if you do feel overwhelmed, you're just like, man, I know exactly where to go. Like, I love this one worship pastor, worship leader. Um, he says, like, he talks about, like, well-worn paths to the throne room. He's like, leading worship is like a well-worn path to the throne. He's like, it's something you've traveled many times, so then when you, a, a worship leader is just taking people, taking them on the hand, and then walking them down this well-worn path because they've been there a million times. And it's like, that's what we're called to live in, is we sit in that place of we're pursuing Jesus when there's nobody around, and you create this rhythm of relationship with him to where, like, life is going to hit you, like, I think sometimes we, and I, I say it all the time, we believe like faith in Christianity is going to keep us from experiencing trials and tribulations, and you've never read First Peter. Because First Peter's whole chapter, that whole book is all about tribulations and trials, and that the testing of your faith may become effectual, so that your, your faith being tested is more precious than gold. And it's like, I believe the Lord is taking us into a place of understanding that what he paid for was relationship with him when there was nobody around in the midst of a lot of, a lot of tribulations and trials and, and problems and persecutions. Like, and I'm not trying to be like this dude. That's, I'm sorry for it today, but it's like, <laughs> some of, I go to, First uh, Timothy or Second Timothy? Second uh, Timothy chapter four. Um, verse verse nine. This is Paul writing to Timothy. Um, actually, let's read. Look at this verse. Let's read verse 1. It says, I charge you therefore before God. It says, Paul writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. Timothy is incredible in the scriptures to me because like Paul's, Paul writes in, in Philippians that he's going to send Timothy. And it's like, he says, I have nobody that's like-minded. He's like, which is incredible that Paul has nobody that's like-minded except for Timothy. He's like, who will sincerely care for your estate? And it's like, Timothy is somebody that Paul would send because he knew that Timothy would only look out for other people, wouldn't think about himself. That's one of the biggest keys in Christianity is, that's one of the biggest keys in life to living free is not thinking for yourself, right? If you, want to be a, if you really want to be free, you just don't think for yourself. Jesus didn't wake up and think about anybody but other people, right? He didn't think about any, He never thought about himself, never considered himself because if he did, he wouldn't have lived the life he did. And there's freedom in that. And that's kind of provoking to me because I think sometimes it's like, there's been multiple times like where I'm just like, what is like all this stuff going on? Like with like you're with you're with Valor in the morning and he's doing something crazy. 
the Lord will just come to me. He's like, hey, you're selfish. And I'm like, I'm, I'm selfish. Like, this kid, this kid, this kid, this kid just threw a rock at, at Stella's head. Yeah, it's the baby you gave me, Lord. No, but I love that kid to death. He's amazing. He, uh, I'm like, this dude's going to change the world. But if you take, if you take me and what I'm doing and, my, and all the, how this is affecting me out of the situation, then I don't have a problem. Have you ever thought about that? Wow. Like, if it's more about him and how, to, how can I handle this situation and how can I best serve him and love him in this situation, then I'm positioned to never let those things bother me. Does that make sense? Like, I'm untouchable. And that's why, like, like, Paul's life is super convicting to me. Because you read what Paul went through and what he went through for the sake of the gospel, and Paul's just writing, just rejoice. And again, I say rejoice in prison. And he's saying, like, the love of Christ compels me. He's getting beat and stoned and trying to kill, trying to, you know, be murdered, shipwrecked. All these things are happening to him, and he just keeps getting up and because for the sake of other people. Like, it, it's just, like, it's easy to preach that. Like, it's easy to say all that and be like, yeah, we're going to live that. But, like, it's another thing to actually sit and think about it. I'm like, man, Lord, like, I don't know how many times I would want to get whipped for the gospel. Like, after a while, I'd be like, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that again. Like, I don't like going to the dentist. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I wouldn't ever want to go to the dentist again. And it's like getting, getting whipped, like, 40 minus one, you know? getting beat 39 times for preaching the gospel than being like, yeah, I'm going to get up and preach it again. Like, you think about when we're, I'm, you know, God gives me a word for Tyler, and I'm like, man, should I share it? I just, like, what if he, this and that? And it's like, there's a lot of people around, this and that. And I'm like nervous to share this with Tyler. Paul's literally going to get beat if he preaches. Like, Paul, Paul could possibly get killed for the gospel. And I'm like concerned that Paul, if Tyler's going to make fun of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just convicting to me, in all, in all honesty. Like, me and Taylor were watching a documentary on, like, the underground church in Iran. And it was like, they're preaching, and then they literally just, like, they just preach and then take off running because they know that people are going to try to kill them and chase them. And I'm just like, you know, and they're like, hey, can you pray for me that I'm not scared? Like, that's what they're talking about, scared. Like, we're like, you know, I don't want this person to, like, go and walk away from me. Like, in all honesty, like, that's convicting. Welcome to Jesus, church. We're going to be... We're going to be cutting them deep today. But isn't like, well, let's just keep reading and then I'll get into that. It says, therefore, God and the Lord Jesus Christ, or I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Um, we're going to try to get through this, but. You know that, I think one of the biggest, and this is my own personal conviction, is one of the biggest things that hold people back is we don't understand that we're going to stand before the Lord one day and be judged for the, the, the way that we lived in our lives. And I'm not saying that, it's so funny because it talks about the judgment seat of Christ. It's not so funny. I always say that. But it talks about the judgment seat of Christ and it says that each one's work is going to be tested by fire, whether it's burned or whether it remains. And it's wood, hay, and stubble gold, silver, precious stone. And it says, he who builds with wood, hay, and stubble, it'll be burned and he'll suffer loss, but he'll be saved through fire. And it's not a, it's not a salvation situation. What we think is we do something wrong, we're going to stand before the Lord and not, and not be with him forever. And that's not the case. But we will get to the place to where what we built in our entire life is all going to burn if we don't build on the right foundation. And then we'll stand before the Lord and we'll be like, he'll be like, you're mine and you lived your whole life for you. And it'll be all be burned. And then we'll suffer loss, but we'll be saved by fire and we'll be thankful that we're, we're in, but we'll realize we lived a whole lifetime of what we were supposed to do is live for him and we'll suffer loss. That's why, like, and I think that we don't talk about that enough because I think sometimes if we lived with an eternity perspective, then we'd live, before, like I was talking to the Lord yesterday, I was telling Taya about it. It's like, I'm like, Lord, I want to stand before you with zero regrets. I don't care what my life looks like. I just want to stand before you and be like, man, I wish I wouldn't have, you know, I wish I would have given more. I wish I would have, I wish I would have did that. I wish I would have done that. I wish I wouldn't have given myself so much to that. Like, I want to stand before him with no regrets. I want to be like, dude, I was spent, poured out completely for you and everything. Because that's the thing that's going to matter in the long run. 
You understand? Like when, when, when it's all said and done, we stand before the Lord. That's what like, I think if we lived our lives with that perspective, it wouldn't be whether Tyler laughed at me or not. Like, I'm not even going to think about that in that moment. Right? Like, if we're living for that day. And that's what Paul's talking about. He's like, he's going to judge the living and the dead. And it's so crazy because Jesus is like, I love, I think we need to have the right perspective of God. (laughs) I think we need to have the right perspective of God. Because if we don't realize that he's good and he loves us, then we'll never take what his goodness and we'll never live it out the way that he wants us to live it out. Does that make sense? Like I shared it with our um, business chiefs group, (laughs) business chiefs group. So if you want to be a chief in the business realm, talk to Tyler. But we're sitting there and I'm like, I remember the Lord spoke to me. What do you mean? He's not here. Um, But I shared the Lord spoke it to me one time. He said, Dylan, you dream because I'm good. And a lot of times we don't dream in our life because we don't believe he's good. Because if he's inexpressibly good and he's for you, then that gives you place to dream. Right? If I'm, if I'm a dad that has unlimited resources and unlimited love and, and connection with valor, then he can take those unlimited resources and his unlimited love for me and know that he can do whatever he wants with me, knowing that I'm going to be for him. Does that make sense? But if he doesn't know that I'm good and he doesn't know that I love him, then he's going to be in a place to where he's just going to survive, which a lot of us have been reduced to surviving. That's really good. Survival is the lowest form of life. And it's not what we're supposed to live in as Christians. Right? Jesus lays the foundation in his goodness and then we're called to live on it. That's why like, I just drive around and think about things. Like, and I flush a bunch of ideas and I give a bunch of good ideas to Taya that she doesn't think are good ideas. And then like, we should do this and start that. And, we should do, and she's just like, literally don't have any time. Like, What are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, but it's not that big of a deal to start these three businesses and then try to do this and that. And she's just like, where are you going to come up with that money for that? And I'm like, we don't need money, okay? And we don't need time. But I was like, all right, never mind. Let's just eat some ice cream. Um, but it's true because if I believe that he's good, then I'll set my life up for a place of dreaming with God for, to better the future, to better, to pursue what he's called me to pursue, right? Like I love, um, if you guys have ever, you should, a good book for you to read, it's called um, Is That Really You, God? by Lauren Cunningham. He started Youth with a Mission, um, an incredible, have you read, you guys have all read it, you YWAMers, well maybe Lily didn't, because it was required reading though, wasn't it? It was 100% required reading, it's required reading for YWAM, not for you guys, she went to the same school you went, Hannah, is it required reading? <laughs> you went to the same school Hannah went. Tyler said it was required reading for his, and he was in YWAM also. But he says, he has this mindset, it's like, it's like this, go, like I love it because it's like this go for it, all or nothing kind of attitude, and uh, he, it's not like a this or that, it's just like this and that, and let's just go for it. And like, oh, we don't have this, yeah, we'll just believe God and just pray and people will start showing up and money will start coming in and it'll just, we'll just go for it. And I'm just like, this dude like believes that God wants to accomplish what he's called him to accomplish and he's doing it. So he's just like, I'm positioned in this place because God's put me here. So I'm just going to go for it with everything that I have. And I'm like, if you don't believe that God's good, you'll never live like that. And a lot of times we're just, we're trying to like, it's so crazy, dude. I don't want to get to it. But like, you know, the story of the talents where Jesus gives, he's, he's talking about the parable where he gives these people talents and he says, this guy takes talents. And then he, he, he takes five and then gets 10. This guy takes two and gets four. And this guy takes one and he buries it in the ground. And he comes back and he says, remember what the, what the unjust talent guy says? Yeah, he's like, well, you remember what he says to, 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 the, to the talent giver, to the, the master? What does he say? I knew you to be a difficult man, sowing where you have, or reaping where you haven't sown and harvesting where you haven't plowed or whatever. And I'm just like, that dude's perspective of, of the master made him take what God gave him or the master gave him and bury it in the ground because he was scared of who he was. And it's so crazy because the master doesn't even address, like he says, he's like, well, you knew me to be like this. And then he responds in a certain way and says, you're a wicked and, and perverse servant. And I'm like, 
That's so crazy that this dude's perspective of the master is what caused him to live the life that he was called to live. So it's like this Lauren Cunningham, if you, the way that he lives his life proves that the way that he loves and, li- and believes that God is towards him. Because if you believe that God's for you and good, and you believe that he has, there's no impossibilities for him and everything that he has is for you, then you'll live a certain way, right? Like if Tyler wakes up in the morning and believes that he's going to stand before the Lord and Jesus is going to judge the living and the dead, and he knows that Jesus loves him and he knows that Jesus gave him a position, knows that Jesus gave him the power, the authority, the Holy Spirit, and everything that he's going to need, and he's with him to accomplish Jesus' mission, then Tyler would give himself to it and then stand before the Lord with no regrets. Doesn't matter if he did everything well. That's what we think, is we got to do everything perfect. That's not what God's looking for. He's looking for you to just go for it. Like, I think sometimes we, like, what kind of, what kind of father would I be if I had, if Valor's pursuing something that I've called him to, and I don't help him along the way when he starts stepping off on the wrong, in, in one way or the other, right? I'm just like, I told you that you need to run this business that I gave you, but I never taught him how to do it, Right? Like, that's what I mean, is we have to have the right perspective of the Father if we want to live a certain way. And that's why, like, when it's all said and done, and everything, we stand before the Lord, what you believe about God and what you believe about who, who He says that you are will actually come out in the way that you've lived your life. You, you, if you ever meet people that really know God, they're usually super joyful, they're usually super content, they're super peaceful. Like, you talk about Paul, he's in prison, and he's just the way he is, like, it would, it would be really incredible to, to, to meet this dude. In this, like, he's one of my favorite Bible characters because it's like, one of my favorites. Bible character? Yeah. It's a, it's, a non, it's a non-fiction book. What would you call him? Bible person? What would you call him? A Bible guy. Okay, he's my favorite Bible guy. He's one of my favorite Bible guys. When you think about Paul, like he, he says it and we're going to read it. Well, let's keep reading. He says, he tells him, preach the word, um, verse 2, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort, with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Um, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And then Paul's saying, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will give me on that day and not to me only but also to all those who loved his appearing. Wouldn't that be something like at the end of your life to sit and like be able to write that? That I've like I fought the good fight, I've finished the race to where like you live your life to where you truly believe that what you've done is is what he's called you to do and you're like man I I did everything that I could and I got nothing left. Like what like seriously think about that. Wouldn't that be great for your life to be like that at the end? So it's like, what are we doing right now to make sure that that's, not, that that's possible? Like, we can't live our lives in a certain way and then expect that at the end for it to be different. Like, that's why so many people are like, well, I was a millionaire and now I'm starting to give all this money at the end of my life to try to make up for lost time. And let's not be people that make up for lost time. Right? Like, it's just really convicting to me. I'm like, Jesus, I, I want to I live a certain way that like all this for your glory and not just sing about it, you know? Is there any questions on that? Does anyone have a thought on that really quick? That's what I thought. <laughs> Nathaniel. That's why I asked that. Why do you got to be that guy? <laughs> you know it's on. Uh, uh, the thing that was really like striking to me about Paul saying he finished the race was that, you know, he said, I, I ran the race well and he finished it. But I think in my own life, like I disqualified myself because of things that I've done before and time that I felt like I, I've messed up. 
And I was thinking, like, Paul said that, and he was probably in his 20s, at least, or maybe even in his 30s, and he was still, like, persecuting Christians, and he was, he was holding the coat for people who were, who were murdering Christians. And then here he is, fast forward, saying, I've ran the race well. And to me, it's more, it's like a commentary of what God can do when we turn our hearts to him. Like, mm. right now, like, all of us could, could, could run the race and finish the race well. Mm-hmm. if we choose right now to, to make a difference, like to choose a different way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, it's a big testimony of what Jesus can do to a life. Like this guy was doing the exact opposite for like 20 years, 30 years maybe, mm-hmm. like helping murder Christians. And now he's at the end of his life saying, oh, I ran it well. And he's not looking back at like how he helped murder people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. Like I, I've got to remind myself of that. Like I can actually finish the race well because Jesus paid for that for what I did before mm-hmm. and so I think it's huge that like that's his perspective on the end of his life mm-hmm. it's really powerful yeah it's super awesome and that's where I think like the beauty of Jesus is is like like I think that that's really good what Nathaniel was saying because I feel like sometimes even people in this room I feel like we have a mindset of like man where we haven't lived to that point now and it's like it's not making up for lost time but it's just saying okay like I didn't see that now but now I see it and that's where, like, Jesus is so amazing is because it's like he doesn't hold us accountable for what we didn't see or what we n- did see and, and neglected. But it's like, hey, let's just, let's just pursue it right now. Let's just go for it from this day forward. Like, he's giving, he gives us an opportunity every single day. It's like, yesterday I might have blown it and didn't do it well, but, like, today I can pick it up and just keep running. Like, we're not, like, dropping batons and now you're out of the race, you know? And it's like, man, that's just an amazing way to live your life. And that's what I believe is... Like you're saying is, <clears throat> you look at the situation where, like I said, where if, I, if I'm giving Valor, you know, keys to my business that I've built, if, if, he's, if he's my son that, that, that makes a decision not to, not to fulfill what I've called him to, and then later he comes back and, and wants to pursue it, it's like, he's still my son. And if I'm a good dad, which I am, I'm going to give him the keys also again because I believe that if he's just like, now I'm in. It might have took me this long, but now I'm in, right? So it's like, let's be people that are not just looking back at what, we've, what we haven't accomplished or what we haven't ran well. Like, let's just pick it up and let's, let's win in the last little bit. Does that make sense? Like I was telling Tay, when I used to run track, which I hated running track more than anything, but I'm fast. So it's like, I hate it. I am fast though. Um, huh? I was. I am still fast. Um, yeah, Gannon beat me, but I stumbled. We're going to rematch because I stumbled. But in track, you run for time, you know? Like, you're running, and people that, forgive me if you ran track, but, like, you're running, you know, you're running as fast as you can, and you're like, oh, I got a PR, my best time this like I was running to win so it's like I would just run behind second till the last stretch and then beat them like so if you put me in the slowest heat I'm gonna be the slow like I'm gonna be third or whatever because I'm in slow heat because I'm gonna beat the guy in second but I'm not gonna run any faster than I need to run to win and it's like that was one of my biggest problems my coaches he'd just be like just like this and I'm like second place is right there like what are you talking about I'm not running like he's just like you're running for t-. especially when we were in relays because my relay team was fast I'd get the baton like half a lap ahead of everybody and I'm like okay so I'm just jogging I'm like we're trying to win this thing um I don't know how I got on that how did I get on that oh yeah exactly so we're running the because we're running races we're, we're running for the sake of this is why it's so important for us not to look around is because we're running against ourselves. Like, you're running to, to, be, to pursue him. Like, that's one thing for me to look at Nathaniel. This is what we do in Christianity a lot is I look at Nathaniel's life and I'm like, well, I'm doing better than Nathaniel, right? Like, I might not be, I might not be completely living for Jesus, but I'm, I'm living more than Nathaniel is. So then we settle and, like, the bar gets so lowered that we're all at mediocrity, when Jesus is the standard. And that's why it's so important. Like I talked about last week, him we preach, not ourselves. Like he's our standard. So it's like Paul's saying like, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He's not saying, look at me, now imitate the way that I live. He's like, 
the same tenacity and the force that I'm pursuing Jesus is the same way that you're called to pursue Jesus. And it's like, if that's our standard to say, hey, Jesus is your standard, now everybody pursue him, then we're all going to be safe because his is unattainable and we're just going to keep running for the carrot and eventually we're going to get it in the long run, right? But I think it's something that we need to settle in our hearts is like, we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to be judged based on what he's given us specifically, not based on what he's given Nathaniel, but based on what he's given us. Like he's, he might've called me just to be, you know, a, 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 a church planner in, in DeWitt, but he might've called Tyler to, to change all of South Africa. He's not going to judge Tyler on what, you know, whether or not he's planted a church in DeWitt. He's going to judge him based on what he's given him. He's because he's called Tyler to this, right? He's given Tyler five talents. He might have given me two talents, but he's given Tyler five. And so I'm just going to take, I'm not going to look at Tyler and be like, well, shoot, Tyler's got 10 now. I'm going to look at what I have and say, all right, what can I use? How can I take what I have and use it for your glory? It might not be a lot of time. It might be, you know, I might just have only 10 to 15 minutes a day because of the season that I'm in. And I'm not going to look at Tyler who's in Bible college and say, well, Tyler's spending five hours a day. Well, how come I can't spend five hours a day, right? It's one of the biggest problems. I've done it my whole life. Like, and I struggle with it all the time is I spend you know, I have a season where I can have a lot of, lot of time and I'm judging myself based on where I was. And now I'm judging my time with the Lord or tra- judging what I'm doing because I'm in a different season with a different talent, you know. Jesus says, he's like, take the talent from that one man and give it to him who has 10, right? Nathaniel says, That's, there's our, the governmental system in America. That's where we get it. He who has little, let's take from him and give it to he who has much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> But Jesus isn't going to judge us based on anything else but the standard that he measures to us. And it's so crazy because it's like, I think that when we stand before the Lord, we're going to see him truly as he is. And we're going to see him how good he really is. And it's not going to be any bit of judgment or shame in his presence because that's not how it works. He, it's a throne of grace. Is we're going to stand before him and he's going to be like, man, you, had, like, you just didn't see it clear. Because if we saw it clear, we would have lived differently. And he's going to be like, man, you had so much more potential. And he's not going to shame us in any way, but we're going to be like, that's where we're going to suffer loss. But it's going to be in such a place of like, man, dude, I had, like, I, I loved you so much and I had so much more for you. And it's like, you're like, dang it, dude, why did I? And he's just like, but you're still, like, you're still mine, so let's go. Like, let's, let's put all that stuff past us. I always tell Tay, I was like, but then you'll just have, like, a, a smaller house in heaven. So you'll live in, you'll live in like, a, a single wide one trailer, one bedroom, and I'll have like a mansion. You can swim in my pool if you want, Taya. <laughs> um, so go to Hebrews chapter 8. I'm going to finish here pretty, quick, pretty soon. Are there any questions on that? This is what I want to finish is, finish with is we've been we've been sharing about the blood of Jesus and what it does um, in your relationship with the Lord. But I want us to see that that's what I talked about at the beginning is what He shared, what He did with us, what He did with His blood, and what it accomplished in us. I want us to see that it accomplished us so that we could know God. And I want us to see that the confidence and the boldness that we can experience in our relationship with Jesus is because of the blood of Jesus. And it shouldn't, and I feel like sometimes it can, we can become like, it can become like, you know how you, you, you guys have all heard like Spanish. I mean, I know you're the only one that, who else can, can anyone else speak Spanish in here? Oh, I forgot Lizette can. Nate, you can speak Spanish? (laughs) Lizette's like, no. Right, so they're the only ones that speak Spanish. So if Angel and Lizette are speaking Spanish. How many of you guys know that you can understand that that's Spanish, but you don't understand what they're saying? Right? You're like, oh, that's Spanish. So what do you do? Normally. Yeah. Se me no habla español. No. You, 
Like, if they're sitting here having a conversation, you don't realize this, especially if we don't travel. Like, I do it a lot in Norwegian because I don't know Norwegian. But you'll sit here, and you're not even paying attention to what they're saying because you can't understand what they're saying. So it's kind of just like background noise to you. You ever, you ever notice that? Like, you'll be, you might be in the room where they're all speaking Spanish, and you're just kind of in your own little world, like, thinking about whatever. But if, you were in, if it was in English, you would be listening to everyone's conversations, or at least some people do, right? Like... So some people are in their own little world, but <laughs> most people are like, you're, you're aware of what's going on and you're kind of picking up things and whatever. And you feel like if you needed to, you could address like, hey, that's not right. You know what I mean? Like, come over there. That's what you're saying is not right. Like, if you needed to. And if we're not careful, that's what, that's what a lot of things in the, in the scriptures and in the, in the gospel can become to us. Is we'll hear like, oh yeah, the blood of Jesus has made a way and it can become Spanish to us. We're like, yeah, I know that. I don't really understand it, but I know it. And we don't press into the revelation. We don't press into the truth of it. And it becomes something that is more like background noise. That's why, in, in all honesty, you can say a lot of Christian words without actually understanding the meaning at all. Right? Like, I can, I can say all the right things without having any conviction of it. And it can actually impact people because if somebody else presses into it, it's the truth of God's word going forth. That's what's so crazy to me. I can preach. You can take, like a donkey can preach. Right? That happens in the scripture. But if we're not careful, like what I say, like the blood of Jesus has made a way for us to have relationship with God. And ha- it, it literally is the reason why we can have relationship with God. We can literally just go, yeah, I've heard that Spanish. And it can actually become something to us that's numbing instead of keeping our hearts warm. Does that make sense? It's, a super, that's a super, it's super healthy for us to. And this is where, this is what I mean by like, it's, it has to come from a place of you and your own heart settling that this is something that you need to go for, settling that this is something that you're going to hold in high esteem, settling that this is something that you're going to purpose in your heart to believe, right? It's so crazy that everybody in this room right now with, with what I'm sharing has an opportunity to receive it or not receive it. Everybody in this room has an opportunity how you're going to respond to the truth that comes out of, out of the scriptures, out of my mouth or whatever, or whether or not you're going to take it in and whether or not it's going to produce fruit. It's not on the seed, it's only on the soil. Right? Jesus talks about it with, the, with all the different types of soil. The seed is the same seed, but it's the soil that makes it grow. Whether or not it has less of some things or more of other things, right? More good dirt, less rocks, less, less thorns, whether it protects it. But it's all up to the people that whether you receive it or not. That's why somebody can be, you know, can't preach their way out of a wet paper bag, but you can sit with a heart posture of humility and receive something from them. And I think that that's, it's so crazy to me that there's been multiple times in my life where I've sat and heard people say things that I'm just like, I completely disagree with that. And in my heart, I'm like, Lord, but I'm not going to tune them out. And they'll say something that is, is exactly what I needed going forward because I didn't tune them out. Right? And I feel like Jesus just does that sometimes. It's just see if he can offend you. Right? Like he hides things in offense, like, I've actually, <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not going to take up too much time, but I've actually had situations where, like, people, it's been like a super, like, somebody is talking to me and, and disagreeing with something, and it's like, it's kind of like a, it's not a super awesome conversation, and like, it's easy for me to just be like judging them. Right, like whether they're criticizing me or criticizing something, it's it's easy for me to start judging them and putting a wall up. But I just remember there was a situation where I sat and just like kept my heart in a posture, a a heart posture of just like honor and not let not let offense come in. And this person starts going into this thing, and they're like, I don't even know why I'm saying this. And it was like super prophetic of what the Lord was sharing with me, and super prophetic of where the Lord was taking Jesus Church. And it was exactly what I had believed and it was confirming through, through somebody that was just criticizing and, and coming from a negative place. And I was like, man, that's so crazy that that happened like that. And I was like, that's because the Lord is just so, he's so much more, like he's so in, intentional with our hearts more than we think we, than, than he thinks, than we think he is. Because that's what I mean by it's like, it's the other 99.3%. It's like, there's so many times where I'm just like, I'll pick up a piece of trash. I'm not trying to like brag on myself, but I'll pick up a piece of trash. I'm just like, you'll hear me. But I do it because I'm like, Jesus, you would do this if this was you. 
And I'm like, that is so much more important for the posture of my heart when there's nobody around than if I stand up here and preach a really good message. Because it's like, I can recognize that when there's nobody else around, the Christianity and the truth of the faith is producing fruit in my heart when there's nobody else around. And that's what I mean by like, so then when there is a car crash in front of my house, like there's a confidence and I know Jesus because I've built something when there's nobody else around, right? Because I've established something when there's nobody else around. And I want us to see that. It's like, don't, don't shut us out when we start talking about the blood of Jesus creating a place for you is because he created a place for each and every one of you. You know how many times we, like in our hearts, we disqualify ourselves for a relationship with God or we... Sh- if, we, if we're by ourselves, we shut the door and immediately all these things start to come in. Could you imagine coming and talking to Jesus about how you're, you can't have a relationship with him in this place? And he, the reason that you can is because his blood was spilled on your, ha- on your behalf and you're trying to tell him why you're not, you shouldn't be here. Think about that. Could you imagine like coming to Jesus and being like, hey, I, I, I haven't ran the race well to this point. Like, I don't know. And the reason that you're able to stand before God and be able to say that is because of his blood is still speaking better things on your behalf and you're trying to tell him why you're not worth it. That's heavy. Like, I wouldn't want to be that dude. I wouldn't want to be the guy that's like standing before the Lord and be, standing before God and trying to explain why I shouldn't be here and why he shouldn't love me and why I feel like I haven't measured up to this point. And it's literally his son's blood that's like, the veil that I walk through, it's his flesh, it's the sacrifice of Jesus, and Jesus is standing there with scars in his hand for my, on my behalf, for my sake, and it's the reason that I can stand there, and I'm the one that's discounting it, I wouldn't want to be that guy. Does that make sense? Is there something that there is like, there's a freedom in that place, is because we can come to him in any sense of the word, in any way, and stand before him with boldness and confidence, because there will always be the blood of Jesus that made the way for you, right? So when we walk in the door in church, it's not just like, well, I'm going to church today and I hope I get to encounter Jesus. It's that when you're in this place of overwhelmed with with your toddlers, that the blood of Jesus has made a way for you to be with him. That like, I was just thinking it yesterday. I was sitting on my couch and I'm like, Jesus, I'm so thankful that like I can know you in the midst of, of, of situations that are not easy. Like I'm, I'm so thankful that I can't, I can't even, like, it's the greatest privilege of my life, and I wish everybody could understand that. Like, I wish I could take that truth and, like, cram it into your head so that you could see it clearly. It's because, like, Jesus is literally, like, be of, you know, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Because he's saying, he's like, I'm always going to be there, and I'm always going to have, have a relationship with you if you understand that. But he's not promising us a smooth life. He's promising us a smooth person to come talk to, right? And I think that, like, to settle that in our hearts, it's not going to take, it's crazy because I can preach all this, but it really won't change until we settle it in our hearts and receive it for ourselves. That's what's so weird about preaching is, like, I can preach the best message in the world and it still won't hit unless unless we open our hearts to receive it. Like, I was thinking about it. Like, Jesus completely taught way better than I do. And everybody didn't get it all the time. But the ones that sought it out did, right? Like the disciples that said, hey, like what does that parable mean? He's like, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And he wasn't talking about his disciples. He's talking about you, you seekers, the ones that are going to figure it out, the ones that are, that are like provoked that, man, Paul's living a certain way. How is he living like that? Why is he living like that? And I'm not going to stop until I live like that. And that's what's so like, in a way frustrating is that I can, I can, I can preach the, I can go and verbatim just share exactly what Jesus shared, but until we open our hearts and receive it, it's not going to sit well and it's never going to produce the fruit that it needs to. And that's why I believe like, I'm going to finish with this. I don't know if we're going to get to Hebrews, but there's a personal responsibility in the gospel for us to, if we want to see the fruit that we're looking for and it's, it's available for us to pick, but we got to come to him and just let that we got to come to him and let it become really, really real to us. Like, we're never going to graduate past the reality of the gospel and the reality of the blood of Jesus. That's why Jesus says so often, he's like, do this in remembrance of me. That's why we've been receiving communion more and more is because I believe that there's a power of just like, 
coming back to the simplicity of, of, his, of his goodness, like, um, like, So probably, so probably we're going to have to go and Stella's going to have to have a surgery this week. Um, so all that to say, this is what I mean by that, is like yesterday, <clears throat> all that pressure in my heart for her, because I don't want her to have to go through that. Like, I can't express to you the amount of thankfulness that I have that I can sit on my couch and Jesus will show up in my room. Like, because it's not about just, it's not about Christianity that I, like, I sing really good songs and I preach really good messages, but it's because I know Jesus. Like, I can't, I literally cannot, I can't express the gratitude that I have when I sit there and, like, Jesus is, like, he's created a place for me to be in that place. Like, he shed his precious blood so that I could have that. So, like, he looked into the future saw what I was going to have to walk through and knew that I would have an answer in him and knew that he created that place for me. Does that make sense? It's like, I can't express the gratitude that I have for, for him in that place. Like Paul goes on to talk about it. He's like, everybody forsake me. He's like, but the Lord stood with me. He's like, and he's going to deliver me out of everything, out of every present, you know, evil. And I'm just like, man, that's like provoking to me that like, even in the midst of trials and, 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 and persecutions that Paul's just like, confident that Jesus has made a way and made a place for him. So it's like like I wish that we would see that as a body. I wish that we would see that that it doesn't matter what the situation is whether it be you know whether it be that your daughter's got to go through a surgery or whether it be that something that you know you've you've a failure or, or something that you've caused that Jesus shed his precious blood for you to, to come to him and have an answer in him. Like there's an opening for you in that place forever and always. And it's like I wish like, I would just love to shout that from the rooftops for us all to see it so that we would truly understand it is because, like, you guys showing up here on a Sunday just does not, is not, that's not success to me at all. Like, I could, I, I'm thankful you're here, but I'm saying, like, that's not my measuring stick of, of fruitfulness. My measuring stick of fruitfulness is, like, like, Lily, when she has a situation like that and she's talking to the Lord and, this, and the Lord says, hey, this is what I want you to do. Like, that's, a, that's success in, in, in pastoring and leading. Like, pushing people to his feet. Right? Like, building big buildings and having people come is just really not, I don't, I could, I literally could care less about it. I wish I could show you how much I don't care. But people loving Jesus and knowing him when there's nobody around, that's what, that's what is successful. Like, when my son grows up and he sees and is just like, he knows Jesus, it's not that dad is a pastor, but he knows Jesus, that's success to me. And it's like, I can be like, all right, I can die and go to heaven when he knows that. Right? But I just like, I want us to see is like, I was thinking about it. I was, I was telling Taya last night, I was like, the blood of Jesus, like, I wish our whole church would understand that. It's like, in the midst of all that stuff that's going on, like, all the pressure and like, the suckiness in my heart of that, like, I'm sitting down, and I'm just like, man, Jesus, like, I open my Bible, I'm like, I'm so thankful that, like, your blood made a way for me to be here. Like, I'm so thankful that, like, you're closer than the mention of your name, and your blood has literally joined me to yourself, and you'll always be here for me. Like, I can't, I was just sitting there like, that's all I got. I don't have anything else for you, and I don't need any, <laughs> I don't really need anything else from you. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't open up any more thankfulness in my heart than that right there. And until you kind of like walk through that fire and realize that, then it won't become real. But like when you walk out and don't smell like smoke, you're just like, man, that was pretty crazy. And I'm super thankful that there was a fourth man in that fire, you know? So all that to say, like that's where like me and Tay are at this week. But we're, uh, I believe like, I believe we're going to really experience that as a body. And I believe that we're going to start to step into more and more of, there's, there is a boldness in the gospel, and I believe that we're going to see a lot of boldness and confidence rise up from this house and then from these people in this room. That there is, it's not just going to be, um, you know, Christianity as we know it, but it's going to be an intimate relationship that is an absolute explosion of life with Jesus, right? Like Judy says, like, 
I'm sure that girl that you were holding, I'm sure she felt like Jesus was holding her, right? And that's a good day. It's a good day to be a donkey, right? We're just donkeys that Jesus ride in town on, and it's good days to be donkeys. <laughs> Sometimes we think he, we're putting palm branches down for us, but we realize that someone else is on our back. So let me pray for us. <clears throat> Jesus, I just thank you that that your blood is made away, and I pray that you just absolutely destroy you destroy anything less than absolute oneness with you. That you destroy an appetite for anything less than exactly what you paid for. That you settle in our hearts that there's nothing more beautiful, there's nothing more lovely, there's nothing worth our pursuit than absolute relationship with you. And that you leave a bad taste in our mouth for anything less than that. Father, I thank you for your closeness and I thank you for your nearness and I thank you for your oneness with us. I thank you for your confidence. Your confidence in us. And I thank you for your trust and your appreciation that we're people that are hungry for you. Lord, we love you. I pray the Holy Spirit that you make this really real to us. I pray that we grow in our understanding. And you secure us in the identity of what your blood has done for us. And that we be marked with the blood of Jesus. That we be people like Revelation say that overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we don't love our own lives unto death. And I pray that you raise up a generation that thinks and lives like that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll, uh, we'll have our, some of our guys up here to pray. You can jump up here. Ty, you want to go to? Um, <clears throat> if anyone needs any prayer, we saw some cool stuff last week. I prayed for a lady that had, um, I wish she was, I don't think she's here today, but I think it was cystic fibrosis. You guys want to stand? Cystic, cystic fibrosis, I think. Um, it was creating pain in her body, and we saw it all leave, which was super powerful and super cool. She came for that reason. Well, I don't know if she came. Well, maybe she did. I can't remember how she said it, but she's like, I got to come to this church. Um, and it was just super cool to see all that stuff, all that stuff go in that moment. So um, we're just going to create a space for it if you need prayer for anything. But other than that, we love you guys. Have an have a awesome week.